0: Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Tuesday, April 19th, 2022, and welcome back in to the Locked on Orioles podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we are starting our series this week, taking a look at all of the Orioles full season minor league affiliates, how they've done so far in the early minor league season, and what we should look forward to and expect from the O's in the best system in baseball, as this minor league season continues. And today, we're talking Delmarva Shorebirds, the Orioles' low-A affiliate, with Sam Jelnick, the play-by-play voice of the Shorebirds. We're going to talk about a young team, a lot of international talent, how they've gelled so far, and what they could do through the rest of this season. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast.
1: You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: So we're talking Del Marva Shorebirds today. A lot of talent, a lot of guys that you as an Orioles fan may not know a lot about because these are names we really haven't seen in the Orioles minor league system until this year. So we bring on someone who's seen them play so far this season and can tell us all about them. And that is Sam Jelinek. He is the play-by-play voice of the Delmarva Shorebirds the Orioles low a
1: affiliate and Sam welcome back into the pot thanks for having me back on certainly a uh, much different team than the last time we talked at the end of the 2021 season
0: <laughs> yeah and uh you know we look at this roster for this Delmarva team I think a lot of Orioles fans would probably admit that they're not super familiar with a lot of these guys but just in general you know we're uh, about a, a week in now to the season? And what have been kind of your initial takeaways from the Shorebirds?
1: So the mix of the roster, obviously very international heavy. Uh, there are still a number of guys left over from the Dan Duquette regime who were signed in 2018. And then uh, most of the crop of the guys that were signed during the Michael Elias and Kobe Perez uh, first signing class in 2019 of international guys. And my first take as far as what I've seen mostly from them, because those are the names most people haven't either seen or heard of is on the hitting side of things there is a lot of refinement left as far as approach the plate but the one thing that you are going to get at bat to at bat is guys are going to swing hard and when they hit the ball they are going to hit the living snot out of it the games where the shorebirds offense has clicked they put up runs in bunches on the days where they haven't it's been a lot of strikeouts, not many walks, and being shut out or limited to one run per game. So that's kind of where the offense is at is at this point, and I think that's what you come to expect from a very young team. They're still getting used to what it's like playing against better competition and how to adjust from that. The pitching side has really impressed me thus far because the first weekend was uh, after game one, to lack of a better word here, it was completely atrocious. They walked 30 guys over two games Saturday to Sunday, and things just did not look good. So to come back this past week, they played against Lynchburg Hillcats, the Cleveland Guardians, single-A affiliate, and they pitched really well. Uh, you know, there is a combination, especially on the pitching side of things, there's a bit more uh, college arms uh, taken in the past couple of drafts or undrafted free agents mixed with the international guys. And the early returns on that have been, velocity-wise, most guys sitting between 91 to 95-ish with at least one-plus off-speed pitch that they might not be able to throw for strikes yet, but it's got enough movement that's getting swings and misses. And I really like the the combination of the international and the American guys. They've gelled together really well. They all really like each other. They all give and take off of each other um, because on the position player side, you don't really have it. There's only two true American uh, position players in Daryl Hernase and Ryan Higgins. Everybody after that was international choice. So on the pitching side, they have to kind of learn to – cross barriers a bit more and so far the early returns have been good
0: yeah i wanted to, to to start with those pitchers because you know the the other thing with that first weekend and everybody's first appearance is these are mostly guys who are coming from the dominican summer league the fcl i mean this is a whole new ball game when you get to full season baseball i mean Kind of you know a lot of the training wheels do come off and and there's still some on obviously at this level but it is very different when you get to that full season you look ahead of you too and you know you know we are not just playing from you know june through august or whatever they may have been playing like we got to be here for a full season so i wanted to first ask about moises chasse because i know he is a pitcher who among these guys who are in this rotation is actually I feel like been mentioned the most of the international guys just because he's been picked up by other outlets that kind of do cover the Orioles minor leagues and they've been hyping him up a little bit but that first outing I mean how impressive was he and you know what have your your first thoughts been about him
1: so Chasse like you said was one of the guys I had circled coming into this year as you know you do your google search on all the guys coming uh On the opening day roster. And for a lot of them, there's not too much info, but Chasse was a name that kept on popping up as people saying, hey, this guy might be something. And he absolutely dealt uh, this past Wednesday against Lynchburg. The fastball for a a kid who's 18, and I don't think soaking wet yet is even 170 pounds. uh, Can run it up there. It was getting 94, 95 ish at top velo, but sitting more 92, 93 with a lot of ride to it. Uh, You know, it's got that uh kind of pathway to the plate where it looks like it's going to drop it never does got a lot of swings and misses on it still working on a breaking ball that at times was sharp but for the most part he got away with just pitching with the fastball and for a kid who's not going to turn 19 until june i think pitches with a lot of poise on the mount uh and knows kind of how good he is and the bigger part of that with him being so young is that he knows how much he has to learn one guy that we had here for the early part of the season uh Orioles picked up as a minor league free agent this past offseason. Denny Reyes. Reyes is 25, pitched at AA Portland for the Red Sox the past two years. Chasse has been following him a lot, following, following him around like a little puppy dog, just trying to pick up everything that he does because Reyes goes about it the right way as far as his preparation day in and day out. And Chasse knows that if he wants to get better, he needs to, you know, find, okay, what do I need to do each day to prepare? Might as well look at somebody who's had success at the AA level and figure okay if he does it that way I probably should too yeah it's really
0: interesting we had an episode earlier this offseason about Reyes when the Orioles signed him because he was actually a fairly highly ranked prospect at one point in the Red Sox system he was on the 40 man I know at one point uh to protect him from the rule five draft a couple of years ago and that seems like a, a a really good guy to be following around because yes obviously he has not made it to the big leagues yet but you know, when you get added to the 40 man at the age that Reyes was, I think he was like 21 years old, you've got some legit talent. And so that's 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 pretty exciting. And it's interesting because the last time we talked, we talked about kind of Ty Block playing that role, who's obviously now in Colorado in the big leagues with the Rockies. And it's cool to see Reyes obviously on you know somewhat of a rehab stint kind of being able to do that. So there's one other name who I think of these young international pitchers had some hype coming into the year. And shout out to the guys over at BSL on The Verge. They do a great job of, of covering, you know, who's next. And Raul Rangel is the other guy who we heard about a lot, especially from Eric Garfield when Raul was down in the FCL just slicing hitters up. So, you know, early season returns on him because I think he is the one other guy who, you know, Orioles fans who are
1: really tuned into the minor league system at least were, were excited about preseason. So Ron Hellis had a really weird start to the year. Uh, He was forced into pitch that first weekend against Fredericksburg on Sunday. It was supposed to be his side pen day, but the Shorebirds kind of ran out of arms. They needed somebody for the ninth. They said, if you can do this in 30 pitches, please end the game for us. So he did. Uh, He didn't look that sharp that day, but then he came in later in the week and ended up starting. He was supposed to be part of a tandem with Chausset, actually. But uh, Conor Grady got scratched due to illness earlier in the week. So uh, Ron Hell got his own day, and he threw really well. Uh, similar to Chasse, not as much velo, but with a little bit more physicality to him. Uh, he's got a little bit of swagger on the mound. And him and Chasse uh, both come from Venezuela, and the two together, they're kind of twins. Uh, you know, They're always around each other, always working together. They're roommates, they throw together. Uh, so early on, Ron Hell, I've liked what I've seen. And it's just another one of those things of continuing to learn how to pitch. And his first game was actually the first day where the pitch clock was enforced. And I thought he did a really good job of, you know, he had already appeared in a game where the pitch clock wasn't a thing. And now to come in and have to deal with it, and he got an infraction called on him earlier in the game, he didn't let it rattle him. Uh, That could have been a very early spot where, okay, you know, you see the clock winding down on you, you feel the walls coming in. But he ended up throwing a couple scoreless innings after that. Uh, just pounding the strike zone. That's the biggest thing after what we saw the first weekend was the ability to command in the strike zone and then dot the edges around it, Uh, and Ron Hell can do that. Yeah, I think Chasse. It was the the
0: pure stuff that really impressed me from what I saw, and from Ron Hell. It, it was as you said, you know, a lot of that command, and and each of them have the other as well. Um, it'll just take you know a little while to mold that as they move up the system. Now, you mentioned there's also the group of you know later draft picks from the college ranks and undrafted free agents from the last two years, not just 2021 but also 2020 that are on this team. Pick out one of those names and just who has impressed, because there are a lot of guys that the O's brought in. Who kind of do like one thing really well they've got one really good pitch or they're really b- good command pitchers or they've got really high velocity so you know everybody's got a tool it feels like on, on this pitching staff out of those guys so who who's kind of one name you would pick out to highlight
1: uh one guy who only because we didn't get to see him last year i'll single him out here uh and that's carson carter the early returns as far as actual era haven't been all that great but from pure stuff i think he's probably got The best stuff on the staff. He's sitting more 95, 96. And as a reliever coming out of the Big 12 in Oklahoma, you kind of expect that. Uh, But he's a little bit on the older side and knows that, you know, he has to play through this and I think you might feel that pressure a little bit. But at the same time, the tools are there. Um, You know, he never got to us with Marville last year with the crop of the rest of the guys. So I was excited to see him this year and he forms kind of that back end of the bullpen him daniel lloyd preston price thomas gerrard those guys are basically our back-end relievers at this point point. and carter with you know that best fastball i'd say probably of the bunch and then also has a four pitch mix with a pretty good feel for a circle changeup, which i feel like most relievers in this day and age it's going to be fastball slider he also has a slider and a curveball but he's thrown the change up more than i'd expect and I think that's a real weapon for a reliever where you don't see that too much from a power arm.
0: Yeah, and of course some of the guys like Shane Davis and Ryan Long and Connor Grady are, are on this team. Daniel Fetterman, another one, and a lot of those guys' starters. But it's interesting how many of these guys were college relievers. They weren't college starters who were part of a big staff in the minors and pitching out of the bullpen. These are guys who were working the ninth in the ACC and the SEC in the Big 12, and it's interesting to see how they will progress. But we will get back to talking Delmarva Shorebirds at the low-A level with Sam Jelinek in just a second. But in terms of the major league level, the Orioles will head to Oakland, and uh, game two of a four-game series will be tonight. And, uh, you know, if you think two of the... Worst teams in baseball probably are are facing off. You might be able to get some good odds on the Baltimore Orioles keeping up the hot streak after the wins over the Yankees. And if you want to check those out, head over to betonline.net because you can do all your sports wagering over there. And it's not just baseball. Obviously, the NBA playoffs are in full swing and the NHL getting to the end of the regular season, getting to the Stanley Cup playoffs As well. But it's not just, you know, placing bets at betonline.net. You can get all your scores. You can get your sports news to uh, inform yourself as a sports better. And also, you can listen to podcasts over there, podcasts just like this one. So, head over to betonline.net, where the game starts. So, we're here with Sam Jelinek, the play by play voice of the Delmarva Shorebirds, the Orioles' low A affiliate. And we're talking about the Shorebirds, not just how they've done so far this year, but previewing the 2022 season and Sam we've talked about some pitchers so let's move over to the hitters and the one guy I want to talk about is the guy who you know maybe wasn't thrilled to still be in Delmarva this year but he is and he's showing that maybe he should be in Aberdeen pretty soon and that is Daryl Hernias who has been around the block for the Shorebirds for a couple years now and was a fairly high draft pick and saw a lot of guys get promoted and him stay in that infield but what has he done so far with the bat to show that
1: it's time to go to the high A level? So, the biggest thing that I've seen from Daryl from year over year, what's really changed is there's a new swagger to him when he's in the box. He is no longer, last year, he played most of the year at uh, age 19. He looked like a 19 year old on the field. You know, it seemed like he only had like two at bats last year where he faced a pitcher that was actually younger than him. And it felt like a lot of times that it did feel like, Okay, it was pretty apparent that he was the youngest guy in the field. This year, it doesn't feel that way anymore, even though he's still just 20 and, for the most part, not still facing pitchers that are older than him. This time around, though, he feels like you know, he controls the box. His takes are extremely confident. When he swings the bat, he intends to do damage. And for the most part, he's done that this season. His swing decisions, that's been the most impressive part to me, have been off the charts. His takes are 100%. Not, okay, you know, this fastball looks like it's off the plate. I'll watch it all the way in and maybe I'll get lucky here. It's no, I know this pitch is outside. I know this pitch is in my zone. I'm going to pull the trigger and I'm going to hit the lights out of this baseball. And for him to come back this year and not hang his head and realize that him being back here isn't a product of how he played last year. He played fine at this level. Not great, but purely okay. It's more a product of there are a lot of other talented middle infielders ahead of him who are older than him that need to get playing time up the ladder. And he still needs to play every day to get better. So him going to Aberdeen, even if he had started there, but playing only two days a week, that wasn't going to help him. But I think he's taken it in stride and shown that, hey, he needs to be moved up to Aberdeen pretty soon. Otherwise, there's not really all too much left for him to do down here.
0: Yeah, compare him a little bit to, in this sense, to Adam Hall in the Orioles system where, you know, highly touted, highly drafted middle infield product. And, you know, just because the guy was so young and had early struggles at the lower full season levels, got passed over by a lot of middle infielders, but... You keep realizing, wow, this guy's only 20. Wow, this guy's only 21. Wow, this guy's only 22. And these college guys are now, you know, 24 years old as they're passing over him. But we've now seen Adam Hall early this season, and we'll talk about him later in our double-A episode. He's off to a hot start in Bowie. So now you've got Hernia's off to the hot start, of course, in Del Marva, and you know, finally having the team kind of be be his team in terms of, you know, who else is there. But speaking of who else is there. You know, one of the first trades that Michael Elias made was that Andrew Kashner deal when he sent Kashner over to the Red Sox at the 2019 deadline. And because of injuries and just because of age, you know, two 17-year-olds, you know, Orioles fans didn't get to see the return, really, on this. And now we're finally seeing it. And Noah Berth Romero is that first return. And he is leading this team with an over 1,200 OPS so far this season. And again, when you're getting two guys out of the Dominican Summer League for your, like, number three starter in Andrew Kashner, who hasn't pitched in the big since that 2019 season ended. Maybe you're not expecting too much, but what can Orioles fans get excited about Romero and potentially thinking about, you know, a solid return in that Kashner deal?
1: Whether or not you actually want to get excited about Romero's playing ability, just watching him day in and day out is the most exciting thing that I've witnessed with the Shorebirds team. Nobody goes about their day happier than Noelbert Romero. Constantly dancing, constantly laughing, and just an all-around good presence for this team. you know, he's I was surprised a little bit at the start of the year that he wasn't starting on opening night. And for the most part, he's batted towards the bottom of the order. He finally hit leadoff uh, this past week against Lynchburg. But I was that kind of surprised me a little bit. But at the same time, he's just run with it. Uh, he homered the first start that he had, and it wasn't the cheapie here at Purdue Stadium. He sent it pretty well over the wall and left. And, you know, he's still growing into his frame. Uh, I think he's listed at six foot 180 but looks maybe an inch or two shorter than that and a few pounds lighter. But he moves really well around the diamond. He's got great speed. He's got a great feel for the game. Our manager, Felipe Rojas Jr., absolutely loves him. Everybody adores him on the team. He's a great presence to be around. And to have that kind of aura around you as such a young player playing in your first full season uh, outside of the complex, I think, speaks volumes about him. And then as far as the talent goes, you can see that it's there. And for a lot of these guys, it is envisioning okay, if he adds 20 more pounds or tacks on two more inches and continues to progress the plate, we'll see what happens. And I think for Noelbert, the big thing is he already has the approach at the plate down. For him, it's going to be about adding the size instead.
0: So we're going to finish up chatting with Sam Jelinek in just a second, talking about the guys who have. Surprise so far in Delmarva and who we should look out for for the rest of the 2022 season. But first got to tell you about rockauto.com because if you drive a car like me, sometimes things break and you need to find some parts. And if you're like me, I know nothing about cars. I like the car that I drive, but I have no idea what it needs to be fixed. That's where rockauto.com comes in. It's not like your chain auto parts dealer where I go in And, you know, you get big time sometimes. They try to intimidate you and let you know that they know more about cars than you. It's like, I I, I know that. Just please help me out. Well, rockauto.com, it's easy. It's simple. They've been working with do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. And the best part is, of course, the prices are the lowest you're going to find on any auto parts. So for all the parts your car will ever need, head over to rockauto.com and tell them Locked On Orioles sent you in the How Did You Hear About Us box. That really helps us out as well. So again, reliable, low prices at rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. So we're here with Sam Jelinek, the play-by-play voice of the Delmarva Shorebirds, Orioles' low A affiliate. Sam, we've talked about some of the top hitters, the top pitchers so far this season, but I wanted to give you a chance here. It could be either a hitter or a pitcher. Just one guy we haven't mentioned yet who, you know, and it doesn't even have to be a guy who's been good early. Just someone who Orioles fans should keep their eyes on as they progress through this 2022 Shorebird season.
1: So an easy name that jumps out to me, only because we had him for a week last year and it was relatively exciting is Michel Desone, uh acquired as part of the Michael Givens trade from Colorado. And what's turned out to be a pretty good deal getting Tyler Nevin and uh Taren Favre, or Tyler Nevin and Terran Favre as part of that trade. And Deson uh was the quote unquote throw in part of that. He is physically uh, still filling out a little bit, but he's got that frame at six foot four and kind of runs a little bit like a gazelle <laughs> that you envision a lot out of him. Uh, he's still coming around a little bit at the plate. He, to my knowledge, hasn't drawn a walk, drawn a walk yet this season, but he's still hitting above 300. So bat to ball skills are there. The ball jumps off of his bat, and he's got those raw tools that you just dream about watching him uh, during five o'clock BP. Transferring that into games will be a little bit more difficult, and I know that there's been some struggles. And one other name I'd like to add on with DeSone, especially because he has had a lot of struggles to start this year, is Isaac DeLeon, uh, acquired from the Marlins during uh, the 2020 trade deadline. And to start this year, he's like one for 20 and looks not too great at the plate. But he's hanging in there. Uh, again, like DeSone, struggling with his approach to the plate a little bit, But physically, he can play short. He can play third. He might even play some seconds here to start this season. He's one guy that I just want to get it clear to all Orioles fans. Don't panic about him yet. For a lot of these guys, like you said, Connor, this is their first time playing outside the bubble of the complex or even out of the Dominican Summer League. So the first struggles that they're going to have here might be the first they've ever had, really, period. And working through that over the course of a 132-game schedule is really the big thing for all these guys to grow this year. The numbers are kind of secondary to that, the growing experience to make sure that they can just handle this uh, in total. So De leon don't worry about him quite just yet. He has the physical tools. Don't worry. He'll be okay.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, something we have seen so far, and, and this hasn't been completely proven because you got to see these guys, you know, work their way through the system and get to the big leagues. But Michael Elias has done a really good job of identifying really young talent a lot of guys who are in the Dominican summer leagues. And a lot of that has to do with Kobe Perez and his staff and the scouts as well, who identified these players. But, you know, Isaac DeLeon comes over for a trade for Richard Blyer, you know, in that 2020 season that no one was, I think like distraught about, but it was almost just a confusing trade. Like why trade Blyer now? And, you know, we're seeing DeLeon and obviously it's been a struggle to start, but he's been good. And obviously De you know, you look at Nevin already been in the big leagues. You look at Vavra in triple a with Nevin right now, both, Pushing for a big league spot, but you know, could Deson be the guy who has the highest upside out of all these guys? And it's really interesting to see all these players. And the most exciting part really is that this is the first year where we're seeing all these guys at the full season level, where we can turn on MILB TV, we can listen to Sam and we can watch these guys. And listen, Eric Garfield does a fantastic job down in the FCL, you know, uh just just videoing these guys with his phone. And we we wish him all the best right now. But you know when when you go from that and and we're looking at his video, he does a great job. But then we get the broadcast camera camera angle as well in Del Marva. You just get excited for these guys. And so Sam, I'll, I'll give you the floor before we leave. Just you know, I know people want to see these players, but also you know what should people be looking forward to if they're coming out to the ballpark uh, at Arthur Purdue Stadium this year? If you know, for me, it's more when we go on the family vacation to Ocean City. It's a it's a trip to Del Marva, and I know for many others closer to the area, it's uh, you know great way to spend a weekend. So uh, what can people look forward to at the ballpark this year?
1: Well, we got, I think it's 13 firework shows remaining. We had one during our opening weekend. So odds are you come out to the ballpark, you're going to end up seeing some fireworks, no matter what Saturday game you come out to. Uh, We have an Adley Rutschman, Maryland pride themed bobblehead. Uh, The day of the game escapes me. I think it's in August, but that will be a hot ticket item uh, as all of our maryland pride themed stuff is we'll have a couple of different things that are maryland pride themed that's one of our thursday giveaways this year typically we used to do the hat giveaway this year it's just we're giving out a bunch of different stuff that's maryland pride themed bucket hat i think we're doing a cooler so like any native marylander if you want stuff with the maryland flag on it come to purdue stadium on a thursday you know the schedule will stretch all the way to september 11th this season uh playing tuesday through Sunday again this season with one Monday game that'll be July the 4th uh, against Salem so if you want to come out on July the 4th we'll have that but it's another great year at Purdue Stadium and uh, just one thing I wanted to add on because you brought up the staff of Elias and Kobe Perez one of the big reasons I have faith uh, in this Shorebirds team and especially the international talent despite some of the early struggles here in the season is the manager Felipe Rojas Jr. Uh, Felipe oversaw the Dominican Academy for basically the past decade. And now with a lot of the guys, a lot of these kids that he kind of considers second sons, he is now managing them. And they revere him like no other. He understands what it takes to come stateside and play at this level for the first time, not just from an on-the-field aspect, but to just how to live in a foreign nation well being expected to play at the highest level uh and Felipe has done a great job with our fans by the way uh he's always open to talking always you know waving at the fans and that's another big aspect If you come out to Purdue Stadium this season these guys are a joy to just be around to watch on the field they're very interactive and they love to have fun with fans so anytime you come out to Purdue Stadium this season it's just going to be a blast
0: yeah I thought that was one of the underrated coolest things the Orioles did with the coaching staffs this year is say look Alou has worked with a lot of these guys when they were in the Dominican Summer League. How do we make them feel more comfortable while also bringing in a coach who has been around forever, knows this system, and can coach baseball? Just promote him to Del Marva. And I, I talked about it on an episode when the Orioles released their coaching staff. So I felt like it was one of the smartest moves they made on the staff, and and you know hopefully continues to pay off for the Shorebirds and for the Orioles system as a whole but sam thank you so much for joining us once again i'm sure we'll have you back on at some point this season to talk some more shorebirds as well but uh, thank you again and we're excited to watch delmarva uh, at the low a level this season appreciate it
1: as always connor
0: so that was sam jelinek the play-by-play voice of the delmarva shorebirds the orioles low a affiliate a lot of young international talent that uh, could be the future of birdland playing in Delmarva this year but that's going to do it for today's episode we'll be back tomorrow with Bob Fallon of BSL on the verge we're going to take a look at the Aberdeen Ironbirds there's a whole lot of talent on that team Kobe Mayo Colton Kowser, just to name a few And we'll take a look at what you should be looking for for the Ironbirds who have had the hottest start in the O system so far this year but again that's coming up on tomorrow's episode until then I'm Connor Newcomb and this has been the Locked On Oreo Podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day